Today, you're going to meet Tam Hodge, and I think you're going to like her. After you hear her story, if you want to buy her book, just come to lifewithlisawilliams.com. And when you're at lifewithlisawilliams.com, if you would, click where it says India Partners and just find out what it would take for you to become part of creating a safe place for children who've been rescued from the brothels in Mumbai. This is this, this, is, this is life. This is life. 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 This is life with Lisa Williams. It's always good to make new friends and to hear someone's story. And so um, I heard about Tam. Actually, someone recommended that, you know, I would reach out to her so she could um, become our friend and we could hear her story. And so Tam Hodge is with us today. Good morning. I can't even say good morning. I don't know what time of day people will listen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Good day. Good day. <laughs> good day to Tam Hodge. <laughs> So, Tam, um, I would love to just give you some space to introduce yourself to us. And you know, I'm looking at you on your website right now, TamHodge.com. You're beautiful, by oh, the way. Wow, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I didn't know. I was like, I'm going to open it up to Tam Hodge. I really, I didn't know if you were 20 or 75. I didn't know if you were, I didn't know. And then, yeah. I feel 75, but I want to be 20. How's that? <laughs> That's me too. <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> so, um. If you, if you want, you know, we, we have a few minutes together and I would love to just kind of say, and now here's Tam Hodge, if you yeah. want to just tell us a piece of your story, maybe the part that's kind of burning in your heart today. Okay. Well, first I just want to say thank you. And I love, I love making friends. I'm a real, I'm a social butterfly. So I'm glad to have a new friend. Yay. <laughs> um, well, yes, my name is Tam. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know a little bit personal information. I've been married for 24 years uh, to my, uh, to my, I call him my earth rescuer. He, he's, I, I am. I'm so grateful for him. And uh, I have yeah. two children. Dakota is eight, well, he'll be 19 in a couple weeks. And my daughter is 21. Her name is Cassidy. And I, I, I like to introduce who they are as well, because they are a huge part of my story. When I was a child, um, I just had a really rough upbringing. Uh, the circumstances were oftentimes, oh, scary, dangerous, um, abusive. If you can think of an abuse, I, I was you know, a victim to it. I'm so sorry. And that was just, thank, yeah. thank you. And I'm that so was just how it, how it was. And that was my normal, you know, that's what I was used to. That was, that was how love was modeled to me. So, uh, you know, it's safe to say in very textbook that that is then the kind of relationship and community that I would then look for as I grew up. Right. Um, right. Because that was my normal. I didn't know anything different. So, oh gosh, around 16, my mama had a midlife crisis and kicked me out of the house and I was homeless. Uh, I ended up moving in with my boyfriend. And when you do that, you play house. And I got pregnant. And I didn't give it much thought. So uh, I had an abortion within days of finding out I was pregnant. The following year, um, I got pregnant again. And I chose to have another abortion. And I, I did not know the Lord then. I, I, I recognized my need for him a couple years later. But it's really funny. In Romans, the word talks about how the truth of God is known to us instinctively. And yes. 
I didn't understand then before I recognized who God was, why I was so adamantly very like, yes, I don't need these babies. You know, that there'll be an inconvenience out of that. I felt very stoic and good about that and brave and I'm fine. I'm okay. But in my gut, in my core, you know, down in my toes, there was just this nagging. No, this isn't right. This isn't, this isn't good. And I just kind of shoved that down. So when I always say when I found the Lord, like he was lost. Um, I was the lost one. Right. So right. I didn't find we God. We really don't find him. Why don't we say that? But no, no. Is, he, we walk into where he's holding out his arms and been drawing us, right? It, yes, exactly. It's just so funny yeah. how we get used to saying certain things. But it's yeah. like, no, I did not find him. But um, <laughs> so he found me because I was as lost as lost can get. And um, I recognized his his hand, and I held on to it for dear life. And because, you know what, I got to the point where that's, that's really all I had. And then I, I, I met my husband, um, and I told him everything about my life. And there was a lot to tell him. There yeah. were a lot of things I was ashamed of. Yeah. But the one thing I kept from him were my abortions. Um. That was just something I just thought, no, I, I cannot, I cannot, I will not, absolutely never will I share this with him. So I held on to my little secrets and we got pregnant, um, with our firstborn Cassidy and the weight of my secrets, the weight of those decisions just got heavier and heavier and almost just plain debilitating at the 11th and 13th week mark of my pregnancy with Cassidy were really, really tough because those were the times when I had my two abortions. And I'd realized I am killing myself. This is not good. I am not setting myself up to be a good mama if I can't move on past this. Um, I finally got to a place where I recognized that I had not forgiven myself. And Part of being able to forgive myself was to out myself, to name it, to name my mm-hmm, secrets, mm-hmm. to to call it out by name. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a powerful moment. And it, it was a moment I'll never forget. I write about it in my book. It was a very, like, God struck me down to the floor. I literally fell down to the floor, face down, um, as he had had it up to his holy head with me, you know, not just... <laughs> you know, being honest and, Mm -hmm. and my, my inability or my choice, my choosing not to forgive myself was putting a barrier between my understanding of God's forgiveness. And so in doing that, I was rejecting his forgiveness. Yes, I can see that. I'd never thought of it like that, but yeah, I see that. Yeah. So that was just, and, and that was the journey I was choosing to live in. And he's like, nope, I've had it. This is ridiculous. You're a mess. You know, you, you carry this stuff around with you all day long. It, you allow it to dictate everything you do, say, feel. This is no good. This is not living in freedom. So that night I confessed finally to my husband. And it was then that I learned oh, that was a healing moment. 
confessing, calling it out, sharing it with someone else was such a huge deal for me. And everything that I had put in my head that I had imagined how he would respond to me, I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. And it was unfair of me to assume his position, you know, Mm -hmm. to assume how he would reply or react. Um, But what I did is I gave him a gift because right when I told him, one of the first things he said was, now I understand you. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, now I understand why you react to dot, dot, dot a certain way. Or when you see a pregnant woman, you, you, you well up with tears. I, he goes, I get you now. I, I, so I gave him the gift of fully understanding me. And that's what confession did. And it brought healing. It brought freedom to my soul. Oh, my word. I was just like, oh, my gosh. I was on the phone the next day. Who else can I tell? This is great. This feels so good. <laughs> like once you tasted freedom, you uh, in bondage. And, uh, honestly, and then it was over. And then it was just over because it was, you outed yourself. Yeah. I outed myself. I mm-hmm. named it. I exposed it. You know, when I called it out, I... I chose to take ownership of it instead of allowing it to continue to own me. So I reduced its power. And the more and the more and the more I confessed, the less power it had over me. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm totally cool. I'm 100% great. I walk on cloud nine all day long. No, I mean, what I did is still with me. And though I've forgiven myself and I serve a very merciful and graceful, loving, forgiving God who has completely redeemed my story, I, there are still consequences. You know, I, I still have the memory and I'm very tender towards it still. And I don't want that tenderness to go away. I really don't. Because um, it helps me relate to others. And I always want to be in that posture, you know? I do. I understand what you're saying. And it also reminds you of, you know, you sinned, but you're forgiven. And that tender spot can remind you frequently of the Father's unending love. And then you're right. The the next thought that comes is, and then you have the compassion towards someone who is feeling the shame that you can speak to them with that tenderness. Yes. That's good. That's good. So why do you speak about it publicly. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, when did that begin to kind of, because you were pregnant with Cassidy when you told Mm -hmm. your husband? Yeah. No, no, no. She was five months old when I finally told her, told my husband. So she was five months old and then, Mm -hmm. and that took you guys to a deeper level in your relationship. But then what happened Mm -hmm. after that, that you're like talking to me now today? Um, Well, um, about 10 years ago, I, uh, started writing my book. And yes, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, it took 10 years to <laughs> pin <laughs> this story. Um, and most of that's because in order to write about those moments and um, be authentic in, in them, I had to go back and relive a lot. And I didn't want to, you know, yeah, and, that, right. I, and I, so I kind of like, dug my, my heels a little bit on that mm-hmm. and procrastinated because I just didn't feel I was ready. So writing the book actually brought me further healing and 
a, a much more re- revelation, you know, in, mm-hmm. into um, who, who my personality and, and why I am like I am. So the healing just continues every day, which which I love. But um, in the middle of that process um, of the writing process, I told my daughter about my abortions when she was thirteen. And, um, that was a really powerful, powerful moment, um, as well as probably any moms out there that might be listening can imagine how tough that would be. Um, so, and then when my son was 13, just a couple years after I, I told her, I also confessed to him. So, and again, they both responded much like their father, you know, um, with just cry. Oh, they were amazing. You gave them a gift because you allowed mm -hmm. them to be who they are. And it was just a gift to give them. I'm sure that's scary for someone to consider. Like, I just want to hide it. I don't want people to know. I don't want, I don't want my kids to know because then they'll judge me or, you know, but you did the opposite and the result you're Mm -hmm. saying was good. Oh, it was, it was a gift to, to them, but it was a gift to me. It was a gift to our whole family. It, it set, my husband and I talk about this. It set the standard and the freedom and the permission for us to feel safe within the walls of our home to be honest. Um, and that, that is, you can't put, I mean, that is so valuable. Um, and, and, the, and they're honest with me. I mean, they know. I, they remember the day I told them and how hard it was. And they know they can tell me anything. And honestly, some things I don't want to know that they tell me. <laughs> I'm really, like, we don't oh, have to be this honest. Yeah, you know, we, let's not go that far. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but it's good. I, what what it is gift good. you've given them as a teenager? Not that they have to learn it later like we did. Well, you I know? figure, you know what? If anyone's going to teach them about this stuff, it's going to be, it needs to be me because I'm the one who's gone through it. You know, and I, I they're going to have questions and I'll be able to answer those because I've gone through it. I didn't, I don't want them to learn this about, you know, about this at recess. Right. Right. So, but so, so and then today I continue sharing and speaking to people and, you know, at conferences and, and, and I love it. I absolutely love it because I'm a huge believer, a firm believer in the more we share our stories the more it gives other women and men permission to feel free to share theirs because they just feel less alone. And that, that is just my hope. I want people to know it's safe. It's okay. No one's perfect. No one has it all together. We all have our stuff. Let's, let's share our stuff together. Let's lock arms and do this life together and hold each other up. I mean, if we can't do that, then we're not, we're just a mess then. I don't want to be a mess alone. Wait, I mean, like everything you're saying is like quotes. I can see it like on Facebook. Like, oh, I'm putting that on Facebook. Oh, the last few things you just said. I'm like, yes, and, and yes, and yes, and yes, Tam, and yes, that's right. And that's, we all need a savior. I, I remember once after I had sinned and had confessed and I had some close friends that flew to the state where we lived to kind of help. Mm. And I remember, you know, sitting at a coffee shop confessing to my mm. this couple and um, he said, sounds like you need a savior. And mm. I looked at him so funny because I know Jesus. I talk about Jesus. I speak about Jesus. I was in the ministry. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I looked at him funny and he said it again. Sounds like you need a savior. Mm. And, and we forget, you need a savior. I need a savior. Your kids, mm. our friends. And so 
it's good to tell your story and mm. and I'm I'm proud of you. 